Jonesy, this podcast had it all. Three racing states and we went even went international. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, I think a podcast of this caliber should transcend jurisdictions. Mm. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And um, just how much of a phenomenal occasion it is. and The turnover. The t- <laughs> My God. The turnover is phenomenal, but it also, <laughs> I, I think it shone a little light. On the uh, on the turnover that we have on our greatest race here in Australia, but uh, more on that during the podcast. Yeah, I would have thought so. And if you're going to turn some over this weekend, where would you do something like that? I think you're going to turn some over with Team Orange, and that's the good people at Ned's. Look, the Winter Carnival's heating up. We're on the back end of the Adelaide Carnival. Thank God, some would say. <laughs> um, so open up your Ned's app and gamble responsibly in there. Um, check us out on our profiles. You can follow us in on a few bets if you like. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, everything you could possibly do on the Ned's app is what you want to do. Get weird and exotic for us, drifters. Absolutely. And uh tell you what, some of the drifters are following in what we've posted or what I've posted, um, those three-leg multis and two-leg multis for the yep. Queensland Derby and the Cox Plate. And there was another one there, the Stradbroke as well. So a couple of drifters have um, following our coattails and, you know, it's good to have a long, long-term long play. You've pulled it off before. Yes. No reason why it can't happen again. Absolutely. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On the Drift Podcast. G'day, champ. I was looking for some winners. Sure thing. Please hold. Marzo's won the 10,000 from Paul Lowley. Away goes Anamo in the Rose Hill game. But Home Affairs has made a mess of them. Coming through is Fireburn with a big run off the fence. I'm thunderstruck. Went boom over the top. Nature Strip clings on. He's king of the mountain this time. Thanks for waiting. No guarantees, but we'll see what we can do. Ah, sounds about right. Have you seen this... Harry Potter game that's been doing the rounds. Yeah, yeah, mate. Hogwarts Legacy, of course I have. Is it the new GTA? You know what I mean? Like game of the year, like we'll, we'll be around for a, for a hot minute type of stuff. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think it's, it's probably a, a pretty good game, but um, I think the nostalgia factor you know, around the, the Potterverse – and, and how big that brand is already has really sort of driven uh, the sales and and certainly accentuated the the big tidal wave that's carrying that game to mm. yeah crazy sales and heaps of hype and yeah so I think it's more so that I don't think it's actually I don't think it's a bad game from all reports um, but I don't think it's a particularly brilliant game like a GTA gotcha what house would you be in what what Hogwarts house would you be in? Um, I I think I'd be in Ravenclaw. I think you're a bit smart, are you? It's not so much that. It's just it's more it's more a case of ruling out the other houses. Mm. So, firstly, rule out Gryffindor because I'm a massive verge. <laughs> and and you're supposed to be in Gryffindor if you've got courage. You know, you you look after your friends and all that. I've got none of that. You know, <laughs> I'm in it for myself. So then you think, okay, you must be in Slytherin. It's just like, no, but yeah, Slytherins, they've got a bit of a bad streak to them. I don't have a bad streak to You're them. You're harmless. Man. I'm harmless. Exactly, I'm harmless. I'm a pushover. I'm a verge. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Well, you're in Hufflepuff. Well, well over my dead body, I'm in Hufflepuff, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so that leaves one house, which is Ravenclaw. Um, so I think I'd be in Ravenclaw. Look, I'm, look, I'm definitely not the brightest bulb, mate, but I wouldn't say that I'm an idiot either. Mm. Um, and I think Ravenclaw in general, you know, they've got a bit of curiosity, you know. Um, uh, you know, they like puzzles and stuff, I guess. I'd. I, I could call a form god a puzzle, particularly when I'm trying to dissect it. <laughs> what about you, mate? What, what do you think you'd be in? What house? So I've seen some snippets from the game and okay. like some of the – without giving too much away to you um, or the drifters out there, one of the mm. main storylines is like around uh, magical beasts and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, my, one of my best mates is my dog. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? 
I reckon I'd be in Hufflepuff because, you know, I reckon I'd I'd be quite uh, – I'd get around like the magical creatures and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, because they've got an affinity for creatures like herbology or that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and you're growing some stuff out the back, aren't you? <laughs> 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 some magical stuff. You'd yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You'd maybe, you, maybe you would be a bit of a herbologist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Nah, so I'm, look, will I play the game? Um, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I've downloaded it, but I haven't played it. So we'll we'll see. Uh, there's a, there's a bit of controversy surrounding it, but are we the sort of podcast that'll dive into that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, mate. Um, but something I wanted to talk to you about was mm. you know something that's come up on the podcast very controversially, actually. You know, maybe we maybe we are the sort of podcast that sort of dives into that sort of stuff. Sure. Maybe we're going to dip our toe in the water, see what happens. Maybe. Know? Are we putting? Are we? Are we brainstorming? Are we workshopping a third podcast a week? Probably not. <laughs> at this stage, no, no, we're not. Um, we're not going to do a gossip pod. You know, no. on the latest happenings. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, well, if this if this creates some drama, then yeah, it is what it is. Um, but you know, once upon a time on this podcast, we spoke about omens. Yes. And got us into a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, you know, I'm just going to dip my toe in, see how we go. <laughs> Something that's big in the racing game is omens, right? Yeah. How much do you read into them? Do you do you note it? You're like, yep, noted. And it's gonna it's gonna enter your mind when you you know, you when you are dissecting the puzzle that is mm-hmm. the form, or do you just let it go through one ear and out the other and if it happens, it happens? Oh a little bit. Like, for instance, at um, Flemington on the weekend, I was looking at – I had a bit of a more bigger look at what Jai McNeil was writing because of Dean Lester. For sure. So I saw um, whatever he won in the first. I was like, oh, had a duck egg next to it last start, but it won a couple prior. So I was like, you know what, I could, I could see Jai being teary-eyed after – being interviewed by Richo or whoever whoever it was, and that came to be came to be the case. So, you know, if I I might see an opportunity here and there. What about yourself? Yeah, look, I'm definitely someone who takes it into account and try and I try and store it in the memory bank. Uh, but most of the time, I store it in the memory bank and only resurfaces after the fact <laughs> <laughs> when the when the race has already been run and won. And one was actually. Uh, there's a, there's a very you know famous song by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers called "Learning to Fly," mm. which I believe the the Coolmore Philly is named after. And mm. I've I've been aware of the song for a long time, but I only really started getting into Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers in the last sort of few months. So you'd think mm. listening to that song a fair bit in the last few years, I'd be you know the, the dots would connect and and the two would join. One plus one equals three. And I'd be backing learning to fly, but but I but I haven't. It's not the case. But um, something that actually stood out to me today, walking through the city, uh, there's there's a lot of shops in the city where, um, like you, when you walk past them, you'll see like a stack of blokes sitting down, and um, there'll be people cutting their hair. And when you walk past these shops, oftentimes they're actually called barber. <laughs> I don't know if that's an omen. And I'm just wondering, like. <laughs> I think that's just an observation. When I was, hey, I got off. I got off the bus stop on the on the corner of Roddy Road, <laughs> and I was walking back up this street, uh, back up the street to get towards your place. There's a there's a there's a shop shopping center, mm. and one of them has a big sign out the front of it called Barber. I think you're just. Oh, I don't know, mate. I think you're just trying to see stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Every single bloke in Australia is just like, oh, Barbara, that's an enormous omen. Yeah. I have to dive on. Oh, I cut my hair this morning. I got it. Hey, I got a haircut booked in for this Saturday. <laughs> you know what that means? Maybe that's why Godolphin named him that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're just naming their horses after omens. Yeah. Who knows? Um, you know, that's, omens is a, is a word strictly um, forbidden on this podcast, potentially <laughs> from now on. So. Racing calendar changes in Victoria. Yep. Thoughts? Got announced on Wednesday. Yeah. I don't have any particular strong thoughts. I, I'm not against any of the changes, though, I'd say. Yeah. I, I think they're all good changes. 
The thousand guineas for me is is probably the best one because really Group One racing on a Wednesday I just don't think works. I, I get you're trying to make a carnival of the Caulfield Cup uh, and, and and have it like a week long celebration, much like the Melbourne Cup. But the Melbourne Cup's the Melbourne Cup, mate. And, and Flemington can have that week. They can have the Oaks Day on the Thursday. They can do the, the Cup run on the Tuesday. You know, pe- people are going to be there. They're going to make the effort to go to the track, whereas it's not the case for the Caulfield Cup. So happy with the 1,000 guineas change, the Rupert Clark change. Um, what is that going to do uh, for Philly's preps when the flight stakes is however many weeks now before the 1,000 guineas? Maybe it's going to get a completely different set of Phillies um, mm-hmm. who maybe a, a late bloomers contesting that race. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't mind it. What are your thoughts? I think the, the only thing I'll add to that is I think – it will open the door for those fillies that are, you know, they are a question in the Oaks um, and they'll potentially just drop back and just wait for the 1,000 guineas, which I think will be good because how many times do you just see more than half the field in an Oaks? Just no – there's no chance to stay. No, yeah. And um, so so uh, 1,000 guineas and the Rupert Clark are now the Saturday after Champions Day. So – that's about it. I'm going to ring Jim's removalists because it is bloody moving day this weekend. <laughs> Five group ones, three at Sandown, two at Ramwick. It's bloody sensational stuff. Stacked, mate. I can't wait. And what a perfect day to do our first live stream of the year. I know. Yes. Well done by you. Um, yes. Our first live stream of the year, Saturday 2 p.m. AEST, so that is 3 p.m. Sydney and Melbourne time, 2 p.m. Brisbane time. We will be there in this very room uh, on our YouTube channel on the Drift Podcast. So if you give us a a subscribe there, you will get notified when we are live. But, yes, 2 p.m., you'll see us on our stories. I'll be promoting it every single day. So... Join us for that. But, mate, you forgot our most important group of, of listeners in the Drifter cohort, mate, and that's our South Australian listeners. <laughs> um, it's 2.30 p.m. your time, dickheads. Why? Why is it 2.30? Why do that? Why? Because they're half an hour behind us typically, but they've got daylight savings, so they're – I don't know, man. It's just hey, half any, an hour. Anyone who lives in South Australia – Come at us. We don't give a shit <laughs> about your half an hour, you know? No. Why don't you just group yourself in with Melbourne in Victoria? Because that's what everyone does anyway. I agree. Just like you're racing. All your trainers are leaving the state. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Sandow. Mm. Let's start with race seven, the Blue Diamond. Now, do you think this is a, a strong addition of the race or do you think it's a typical blue diamond where it is just absolutely wide open? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a an average edition of the blue diamond mm. on paper right now, uh, which we were saying we were saying something similar about the golden slipper last year. Oh, this looks like a pretty, pretty average bunch, yet Fireburn produced a rating which was in line with, you know, previous golden slipper winners. Yes. Um the Blue Diamond last year was atrocious, you know. Um, Dormier. Dormier won that. However, there was a horse who ran into third who I backed who was always going to be a better three-year-old, and that was Jackano, <laughs> right? So there's always going to be a couple of horses come out of the Blue Diamond who are going to go on to bigger and better things, you would think. Whether they win this race is another is another thing. Mm. Um, guess who we both backed uh, in this race a couple of years ago? Animo. Animo. Ran into the placings, um, so yeah. There's, there's, there's always going to be good horses coming out of it. Will this race rate <clears throat> super well? I, I think, I think there's a few horses that could spike in, in, in on Saturday. Mm. Um, good luck if you find it though, because <laughs> because it's so open, mate. Five dollars fifty the fear with Neds. Are you kidding me? I think Steel City sorry has come into four dollars forty with Neds. So Oof, that's starting that's a to crunch, get. Yeah. That's starting to get real, real short. Um, I saw the speed in the race is being Zolfika from Barrier 15, the Instructor from Barrier 6, Exploring from 13 and Party for 2 from 1. Yep. Did you see any other speed in the race there? No, mate, I'm, I'm with you. Um, 
I actually think of all the horses in the field, Steel City gets the gun run. Yeah. She gets the absolute A1 spot. She can she might be behind the leader on the fence or one off. Yeah. Blake Shin aboard. Jeez, he's good, isn't he? He's so and I've actually done some research. Last thirty days, him and Jamie Carr, Jamie Carr are basically striking its twenty five percent winning strike rate. Oh, man, he's good. He's good, and we know how good Jamie is. Absolutely, so he's got some good rides actually on on the weekend. He does, and you know who that's only matched by in New South Wales? James McDonald. No. Oh, Tyler Schiller. Nash. Oh, <laughs> I wish I got it because we always give credit to Nash Rewilla, Hot yep. Nash. Because he's good, mate. Striking at 24, 10 <sighs> wins from 43 runs. Tyler is 18%, seven wins from 40 runs. He's pretty good, Tyler. Yeah. He's going to be a good jockey. Absolutely. Um, so I think Steel City is the starting point. She has the best form in the race for mine, form behind Red Resistance and learning to fly. Surely that's good enough for this. Yeah, she's got it. She's she's got to be uh, the favourite, I think, based on that form. Red Resistance is arguably the best two year old we have, right? Um, hey, what about Brave Halo? Hey, <laughs> give me a second. Um, this this is why I preface it with arguably, <laughs> because you can make an argument for it, right? Mm. Um, oh. <laughs> I've, I've really I'm, I've come at a crossroads in my life, Dan. <laughs> a real crossroads because I've I've proudly flown my flag and had my dick in the table for as long as we've been doing this podcast about not being a big barriers guy. Same. I've, I've and I've always I've always <sighs> th- thought of myself a cut above everyone else yeah, yeah. because I was like I don't need, I don't give a shit about barriers and there's been plenty of instances, mate, yes. where I've backed a horse. Mm-hmm. Where it's drawing the widest gate or one of the widest gates, mm. and I said oh, I don't care, I don't care about the barrier. I think it just wins, and it's and it's happened before, yeah, mate. There's been plenty of times, Russell, but um, <laughs> that's horse racing. But I'm, I'm not gonna lie, mate. My stomach dropped. <laughs> it dropped. It fell through the floor <laughs> when you told me that Brave Haller got gate sixteen. I was like, he's had a, he's had such bad luck since coming across the eastern eastern side of Australia, mate. The least they could have done was given him a given him a number less than. Double digits. Yeah, I cannot order copy nine. Yeah. Give me a nine. One time. Uh, not, but. Not this weekend. But. Mm. I'm not a barriers guy, mate. I'm a race shape guy. And I'm going to keep telling myself that. Okay. So where does he sit from now? I think Ollie might use the little guile that he has left to get him <laughs> into a nice spot <laughs> for the midfield. Okay. Just, so. just come across and just find a spot. Just get behind an ass if you if you're four or five pairs back. Just get behind an ass, behind an ass where you can at least peel out and have a go. And I'm down the long sand down straight. Brave Halo was incredibly unlucky last start. Last start, I think if he has a better run, I'm not saying he beats Barber, but I think he goes mighty close. And for a horse first up, who's come across from the Western States mm. as a two year old, still has his nuts, mate. That's a mighty effort. He's still my main bet in this race and a lot of the futures that I have on suggest that he should be. <laughs> I got him at 17s, mate. I want him to win. I got him at 17s. Even with that gate, he's $7.50 with Neds. There's been a bit of specking for him, mate. So I think if, if Ollie I'll, – I'll know in the first 200 metres if he's going to win the race or not or if he's a chance to win the race. Mm. Uh, but Brave Halo is the one for me. Um, I admit um, Steel City favourite makes sense. The other horse I'm really keen on is uh, from the hay stable, and that's Little Bros. Because mm. <laughs> I love my little bros. Shout out, Mackenzie, McLean, <laughs> Mick. Um, he's a little, he's a little grey fella. He's, he's quite steel looking at the moment. Mm. Um, I thought he did really well in the prelude. Savage the line. Savage the line. He's drawing a gate here. Um, yeah. So they're, they're, they're the three horses for me in this race, completely ignoring Barber. Don't know why I was talking about omens earlier. <laughs> I don't know what point I was trying to make, but sorry, uh, mate. What, tell, tell, talk me through the race because, you know, I could be completely, uh, you know, talking myself around in circles at the moment. Nah, so. I'm having five bets in the race. Five? <laughs> yeah. Five. I usually have four, so what's one more? Yeah. Um, basically, I've actually got the exact same note that you just made. I'll read it word for word. <laughs> 
Brave Halo was so unlucky in the lead up. <laughs> Not sure his luck is going to get any better, but maybe Ollie has one more Ollie special left in him from the barrier. <laughs> Ollie, surely you have one more card left in that back sky rocket of yours you can play. <laughs> and it's got to be like Exodia or Blue Eyes White Dragon because <laughs> I'm telling you, we need, we need, to, we need to beat Seto Kaiba. Somehow. Uh, I couldn't believe it, mate. Uh, it's, yeah. So, obviously not ideal, but I actually think he, what Ollie will do, because I think Barber's actually drawn pretty sticky as well from nine. Like, he could be, I reckon he's the one that the horses inside that are wanting to take a position, they're going to try and push him out. So, potentially Brave Halo will get a position behind Barber. Some cover, beautiful Hopefully he takes Ollie into the race. I'm risking Barber as well. Um, I I think just at the price, Brave Halo uh, is a better bet. <clears throat> the other horses that I like, the instructor has done absolutely nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing wrong, mate. The only Victorian horse that I've got in my numbers um, because I think the Sydney ones are just absolutely superior NWA. So. Steel City is my on-top selection because I think she has, if I'm frothing uh, Red Red Resistance, Resistance, I have to froth her, especially with learning that learning to fly form. And um, that Kundalini is very smart as well. And that ties in Big Don, Don Corleone. (laughs) Big Don. He was flat last start, but is that a forgive? Of course it is. You got the Snowdens, mate. It, this is probably his grand final. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, go off a Snowden runner when it when it ain't a big feature. So big Don goes in my numbers as well. So hundred dollar strategy, twenty bucks to win on each of these: Steel City, Don Corleone, the Instructor, and Brave Halo. Then the Exactor with my on top selection, one out. So Steel City on top for first. And then the other three, Don, Instructor, Brave Halo, in for second. Lovely. Um, I've got 50 bucks on Brave Halo to win, uh, covering my bet with 25 on Little Bros uh, and 25 on Steel City. Uh, so if Steel City wins, I'll still make my money back. Yep. Lovely. Futurity. Now, I want to ask you a question before we get into this race. Yep. Who's the more genuine horse out of I'm Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside? Oh, it's such an interesting question you've asked me because when I was looking at this race, I was asking myself the exact same question. And I was texting you during the week, and this is a roundabout way of answering it, Mm. and realised that I'm Thunderstruck since his Golden Eagle win has only won once. Mm -hmm. That was the Maccabi Diva Stakes over 1,600 metres where he just got Alligator blood on the line. And what was a pretty huge run, let's be honest. Guess who's only backed him once in the last 12 starts? Yours truly. One from one. Drifters. Uh, I think I changed my tune on him because, yeah, he's been, he's, he, he nearly beat Animo in a Cox plate. He's been running in group one races. And I was like, you know what? He actually is a really good horse. Good horses win more often than one in 12, mate. What are your thoughts? So are, are you suggesting that if I look at the last 12 months for Mr. Bryside, for instance, mm. he's had 10 runs, three wins, zero seconds and a third. So are you suggesting that Mr. Bryside is a more genuine horse than I'm Thunderstruck? My betting on this race suggests so, yes. I'm going to tell you how wrong you are right now. Love it. So they've had six starts against each other. Yep. It's 5-1 to Thunder. Okay, as in just where he's finishing the race. Yep, so when yep. they're in the same race, who's finished in front of the other one? The only time the bright sides beat him was when he won the Doncaster and he had five and a half kilos on him. Yeah, yep, yep. Weight relief. So when they've been at equal weights, Thunder has beat him home every single time. Okay, so you're telling me that Brightside is due to get one over him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what your point is, yeah? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed with um, Brightside's first up run, but I was even more impressed by Thunders. I didn't have Thunder on side either, uh, and we we proved to be correct with like the first up runners. 
um, mm. running the trifecta. And then, lo and behold, on Thunderstruck's the first one home of the first up horses. Mate, he'll win this. Yeah, he's back. 100% he's back. Happy to risk alligator blood again to my peril. <laughs> Shit. I, I need to see him again because his trials have been horrific. Yeah. Now, he's not the best trialer at all, um, but I was really hoping General Roy would be in this race. Because you would have backed him? No. Um, because the ointment? Yeah, just like them going hard at each other out front. That brings in, um, you know, Thunder um, and Brightside and others. The other horse that I am going to spec here uh, in a Quinella, so I'm having 80 bucks on Thunder to win, $20 Quinella, Quinella with my Oberon. His first up run for Nisham <clears throat> in the spring was outstanding. If he can return anything close to that, he'll be right in the finish here. But his trials as well. If you're a trial guy, you're not backing my Oberon. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm a selective trial guy. Like when it when it works, oh, my, yeah. When it works for my argument, I, I talk about trials. When it doesn't, I'm, I say I'm not a big trial guy. Hundred um, percent. I was this. Do you know what? This was out of all the races was the toughest for me mm. on the weekend because I I immediately thought alligator blood, um, and then I was thinking, no, nah, the big ticket item for him is the All Star Mile, like it is for a lot of these horses. But he's missed out on that first up run, mm. which I think would have been a completely different race if he went against like a gentleman Roy's because they would have been going mad out front. And then obviously, you know, it brings in the the stalkers into the race a lot more. Um, I rewatched the CF4 so many times and I liked what I saw from Mr. Brightside more so than what I saw from Thunder. And I just, for me, I am – Prepared to risk, I'm thunderstruck. He's drawn a gate um, and he'll be probably close to the speed and he'll probably pull my pants down, to be honest. But sometimes you just got to go out on a limb and put your dick on the table. Alligator blood will lead. Um, I think Mr. Mozart's dual accepted. Is he accepted in Sydney as well? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I, he might be, but Laws of Indices is. Right, okay. Um, Alligator Blood will, will, will lead this, and he, he could just put them away. He's hard to run over the top of. He's a good on horse, Alligator Blood. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. That first up um, first up run for him, and very interesting that they decided to bypass the CF4. So maybe he's just a bit fat. Maybe he needs a run, and he'll be ready to go for uh, the All-Star Mile. But I don't want to lose on the race um, if he wins. So I'm going to have 50 bucks on Alligator Blood. And my on top is actually going to be Mr. Brightside. I've never put him on top ever in any of the Group 1 races that he's run in. Um, but I think that break and that first prep against as a genuine wait-for-age horse against the smartest horse that we have, it's probably brought him on a lot. Um, I really liked what I saw. I think out of all these, apart from Alligator Blood, he's more of your 1,400 to 1,600-metre horse. I think Thunder wants to get out further and further and further. So I'm, I'm happy to take him on. Could look like an absolute deal. Prepared to. Sometimes you've got to put yourself out there. So 50 on Mr. Brightside as well. He's going to be my on toppy as well. Lovely. But look, if anything, could have could be an interesting point of discussion on Saturday and on Sunday. We'll see. I agree. I love that the Oakley plate is race nine on the program. Mm. What about you? <clears throat> Oh, I'm not particularly asked. Why? Why is that? Oh, typically we have like a benchmark 80 to finish the day and you just go like, Ugh. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. like if you get rolled by, I don't know, knock on wood, Musk Crusader, you're like, well, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a pretty good horse. Whereas like if something's popping up from Donald that you haven't even seen before, you're like, oh, okay. Yep. But this is race of the day for me, Oakley Plate. This oh, man, it's, it's a sensational. Sensational. Hell of a race. Now, I, me, and Asfura are your two favourites. Are you back in the favourites? Yes. Um, I have been keen on Asfura for this race um, since she won a Group 2 in the spring, the Caulfield Sprint. Um, I backed her there. 
I think she was about favourite there. If she wasn't favourite, she would have been definitely second in line of, bat, uh, you know, of betting. And then she started favourite on Derby Day, last race of the day or second last race of the day, um, and she was my best of the day. Um, and she made the day a complete win for me. Um, the jubilation. Like, I think you were standing behind me, and you just oh, – I could tell – could tell the boys were happy for me. Might not have had her, but they were just like, you know what? Like, if you felt that, yeah, I needed it. Yep. And she's been aimed at an Oakley plate by Henry Dwyer mm. um, since she won a benchmark seventy four months and months and months ago. Wanted her first up in this. Didn't want any more weight on her back than what she's already got. Mm. Yeah, puts herself in a really good spot. Drawn super well. Um, John McNeil's on board. He's not my favourite jockey, but I think from that gate, it's pretty hard to mess it up, right? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, she's my she's my main bet in the race as Fura. But it it is an acid test. This is a super tough edition of the of the Oakley Plate, and um, yeah, wouldn't be surprised to to see her not even finish in the placings because it's that close. But um, what do you think, mate? I'm risking IME and Asfura. Asfura for me, she's only done it against her own sex. Um, you know, so I'm I have to find something. Uh, one chink in the armor. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, I me is coming from bloody benchmark races. Yeah, second favorite. Um, yeah, Kieran Ma, David Eustace are foaming at the mouth about this thing, and Jamie Carr riding her over Chain of Lightning is a huge push. Oh yeah. So have to respect her. Have to risk something. I'm going for Juice here. I'm going with Lofty Strike. Yeah, no brainer. Froggy on board. Knows the horse back to front. That was a sensational win last start. And I don't mind the gate for him either because no. he's going to go back anyway. Yep, that's fine. Um, I think he's strong enough. This That Sandown straight is enormous and he has yeah. plenty of time to get into his work. It's going to be a fast track on the weekend. I think he'll, he'll relish that. Absolutely. The other horse, I'm, I'm trusting that form from that race. Uncommon James. He's done nothing wrong, mate. Absolutely nothing wrong. Um, so I'm happy to have him on side as well. So the way I'm playing the race is 80 bucks on Lofty Strike at 10 or $11 with Neds. Then two Quinellas, $10 Quinellas. One is with Uncommon James and the other one is with Zoo Style. If that gets up, game over for the <laughs> – game over. Having that 10 times because Zoo Style is $31. I can't believe the price. <laughs> I can't. Clearly. Look at look at the look at the form that this thing has. Ran second to Joyful Fortune. That horse ran in, in Everest, albeit, albeit very slowly. <laughs> <clears throat> ran third to Paul Laley in Ingratiating. Ran third to Cool and Geller and uh, Bella Nipatina. And then second to Rothfire, beating home Cool and Gatter in its last four runs. And it's thirty one dollars. Mm. Barrier 20 is not great. No, it's not good. <laughs> so that's something that, you know, he needs to overcome. But Tony Gollan's come down and he's he's taken uh, you know, the Melbourne racing for his own. So I'm happy to I'm happy to have a little spec on Zeus though. Yeah, fair. Um we're liking similar horses. I've got 70 on us for it to win uh, at five bucks with Neds. So that'll be a good collect. Uh, I've got 15 on Lofty Strike on the Schnoz. Mm-hmm. Like we spoke about the – is it the Rubiton that he yeah. won? Yeah. That's, that's that's usually the right form for this race and, and he's a smart colt, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. And I'm surprised at the price of him, to be completely honest. Um, and then I've got uh, another $15 on Uncommon James, mm-hmm. uh, $10 with Neds. So uh, a couple of specs, uh, two horses that I like, um, but no, as far as is the, the top selection for me. I cannot believe the price of Rockin' Horse again. $34. Yeah, she's lugging the top weight. Yeah. I in sprints, we've said it before, just like, do the weights really matter that much? You could argue no. They probably do. <laughs> but far out, mate. Like, yes, she's come off a setback. And Jamie Mott is not riding that well. I have some stats about him. Oh, no. Some not good ones. He's striking oh, no. at 3.4%, one win from 29 rides. Ooh. Last 30 days. Oh. Mate, he's doing better than Mickey D. Oh. And Johnny Allen. Oh. How are they going? No wins for both of them from 26 rides apiece. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, I think I think she could feature. She's a bloody good horse, rocking horse. Stupid name, though. 
All right. Yeah, um, not a fan of their name. <laughs> let's go to Sydney. The surround stakes for the three-year-old fillies, 1,400 metres. In secret is your 220 favourite with Neds. Thoughts? I think it's a two-horse race for me. Mm. Um, this is a, this is a hot fillies race, but I think there's two that are just really good. Okay. Uh, and, there, and there's a few that are pretty good fillies. Uh, she's a belt. is a good filly. Um, backed her multiple times and won money on her multiple times. I think she's a rung below the top two in this race. Fireburn, champion, two-year-old. Oh, she's still yet to – I need to see something from her as a three-year-old. Oh, absolutely. To, to jump back on her. Madame Pomeroy is a group one winner. Um, no, in secret and Zoo gotcha are, are head and shoulders above the rest for me. Um, Zoo gotcha, the query's got to be she missed up. She missed that first up run. So when you when you plan for your prep goes awry uh, very early doors, you can still get them back on track and you trust Chris Waller, right? But, um, yeah, that's, that's not absolutely ideal. The big thing for me is J-Mac is, has jumped off in secret to stick with Zugotcha. Mm. So clearly, you know, he's got a high opinion of her and so do I. So she's my on-top selection. The gate's a bit tricky, but when you've got the best in the biz on board – don't be too concerned. He'll find a spot for her. Um, so I've got 50 bucks on Zoo Gotcha, and if she doesn't win, I've got a saver on, on in secret, the only other horse who I think can win to make my money back. But, but for me, that's a no-brainer. That's You've played the race sensationally. I, no. haven't, I haven't played it that way. Um, I am risking – Zoo Gotcha is a friend of this podcast. Yeah. She's welcome anytime. Of course she is. She's a star. Yeah. She's very, very good. And I'll throw some chat about her after this. Yeah. And, you know, some some things that you've told me off mic are sensational stuff. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, Might have explained what happened on the weekend. But they (laughs) – Yeah. (laughs) um, I'm happy to risk her just because it is a little setback. I'm a – you know, everything needs to be going swimmingly, yes. which is so fair. I'm usually like that yeah. as well. So I'm happy to risk her if she wins. Egg on my face, so be it. There's three winning chances in the race. There's in secret Zoo Gotcha, and the one that you've missed is Ruthless Dame, mate. This has form around the best three-year-old in the country, Jackano. Ran third behind it in the Manfred first up. That's good form. Pretty good form. Uh, first Philly home in the race. Then it's gone up to, up to Sydney for a trial and it's doing some of its best work behind Spacewalk, Marzu, Athelric. Some pretty good ponies there. Tyler Schiller on board. Mate, you're getting a price to find out. 14 bucks. Oh, 100% you are. Happy to, happy to have a spec that this might be one of those new like late season three-year-olds that are coming onto the picture. Um, so the way I'm playing the race, 50 bucks on in secret, she could just be the best filly in the race, 30 bucks on ruthless dame. So I want her to win desperately because <laughs> it's a big collect. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great collect. And then a $20 Quinella between the two of them. I just couldn't fit Zugotcha in. Hey, that's fine. Uh, you can't have them all. Um, what I will say about ruthless dame, she's by Tavistock, mate. So oh, I haven't looked at this at all. Um, this is just bit of a speck off the top of my head. Is she a Vinery stud horse? Because Tavistock's a, he, he generally produces some good staying progeny. If she's 14 bucks in this race, what price is she for the bloody Vinery, mate? Let's have a look. Let's have a look with Ned's because, mate, if you like her in this race, have a little speck at that futures price. Uh, she is nommed for far out. She's nommed for everything. Um Nothing coming up, so I'd say I'd I'd say you're probably right, right? Yeah, big big price. Um, in secret's not going to be going to the vinery. Zugotcha's not, and I'll tell you why Zugotcha's not because word from the stable is, and and read into this what you will, drifters. If Nature's Trip for whatever reason doesn't take the Chris Wallace slot in the Everest at the end of this year, and from what we saw on the weekend, it's probably looking a bit less likely. They've got this girl earmarked for the slot. Zugotcha, which I think is completely insane. But that, that's that's the opinion they have of this girl. So Who else are you going to give it to? That is true as well. Like they don't have an, uh, an outstanding no. sprinter at the moment. But, you know. Well, are they going to take Mars Crusader off Team Hawks and give it to Waller? I don't think so. True. Um, but there is also an entire season between now mm. and then for a three-year-old to emerge. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they have to start these 
these thinking processes. Hundred percent. But early. I think it just but it just goes to show that they've got an incredibly high opinion of the horse, right? Which mm. which obviously, like she's won in group one and she's uh only lost two races in six starts. So um but no yeah, you know. We'll see. We we'll see. Will. We will. We'll see. Chipping Norton. Now, I have a pretty hectic not that hectic, but a stat. <laughs> Can't say hectic and then it's not. Last favourite to not win the race. What year do you reckon? Oh. Well, pre-Winks. Mm. So at least like, oh, I'm going to say 2012. 2014. Oh, I was going to say 2014. It's a done deal. Got rolled by Boban as an $80.85 favourite. Oh, jeez. But, but you've had Winks, Tiakao, Shark and VE in that time. <laughs> Some sensational stuff. <laughs> Some good horses. Yeah, so I think Animo has to, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he, the further he gets out, the, the, the more likely he is to win for mine. Um, so, yeah, 100 bucks on the mo for me. Yeah. For, for a $70 collect, I'll take that. Thanks, oh. Neds. Yeah, it would just stem the bleeding from earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, like, I can't, I can't even really make a case for. He's drawing. He's drawing. He's drawing the plum run, run as well. Like, like he I'm, might even lead. Yeah, I'm interested to see who will beat each other home out of Hinged and Fangirl. That's about the only other interest in the race that I have, other than Huerta, <laughs> uh for the Snowdens because he is coming back from an injury as well. Uh, I'm interested to see how Montefilia's come back too, really? um, because she was disappointing. She was. In the um, very slow in the spring, yeah, very dour. Um, all right, so we have a ton of races to go through. Oh, gotcha. Um, so let's start at Sandown race one. We have the Victoria Gold Cup 2100 listed race. This is one of the worst races you'd ever see. It is, it is. And there's a, a what a dollar 80 favorite, right? You well, um, with Ned's. Um, I'm not going to bet in this race, but hell no, if if I was to pick an on top selection, it'd, it'd be a rock hard fit. Um, you know, it'll go forward. Yeah. Uh, if I was to put one and entertain one uh, for your Ned same race multis, <laughs> that would be number seven stars at Carum. It's thirty one dollars. So uh, it's the outsider in the field. Just lob it in. There. Have you and and Macca been <laughs> been in cahoots? Been in cahoots <laughs> in the last couple of months because. There's more and more roughies coming into your vocabulary, <laughs> like every week. I'm like the only other bloke I know who's that infatuated with backing a horse at double figures is 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 Maka. Oh. Well, I'll give you I'll, hey, I'll give you credit. You can make a case for him, mate. I can. Uh, they don't do anything. But Elusive Express and Pavitra last week both finished fifth, just outside the top four. Yeah, the same race. Well, uh, number two is the Angus Armanesco Stakes. Uh, Group two, 1,400 metres for the three-year-old fillies. I thought this was two words. Sydney form. Okay. And that's number eight, call die. Yes. Um, Geez, look at the breeding on her. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, she's by Frankel. Um, she's a smart, smart filly. There's six bucks with Neds. Yeah, I'm gobbling that up. Yum yum. That's had, as rough as it gets for me. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had her with the only filly in the country that's beaten Amelia's Jewel home, and that is laced up heels number two. Um, so that's how we're playing the race mannerism. Group three for the four-year-old and up mares set weights penalties. I you have to have one last crack at her. You have to. Especially because she has a jockey booking here and she doesn't have one in Sydney. And this is her first run in Melbourne since the Oaks, isn't it? Oaks Day. Yeah. She's one from my Melbourne way of going, Espiona. Oh, no. I might have to. Hey, $4. $4.20 with Neds. You're getting a price. In a, you if know, she was any other horse, she wouldn't be $4. Though. She's six. She's in a six-horse race. Oh, you know what? I, I would be beside myself if I didn't back her and she won. So and would, so would every other drifter. You would throw up in your mouth. I would, mate. <laughs> I would. I'll throw up my own mouth. You'd I'd, have to. I'd drown from bile. 
anyway. So Espiona on top for me as well. You can make a case for Barb Raider. She's, She's arguably, a good horse. Arguably the best horse in the race. And then Churath is coming back from Wafer Age against the boys, back to group three level against the girls. So you could make a case for her, and the market suggests she's the one to beat as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but trust Espiona. Last time. Last time ever. I think so. I think so, yeah. The Zedative, uh, 1,200 metres, group three for the three-year-olds. I liked one at a price here. Um, I didn't. I, I liked the favourite. Uh, Spacewalk, $3.50 with Neds. Just let Fast Horse be fast. I think he's a pretty fast horse, Spacewalk. Yeah. Jake Car on board. Yeah, he's um he's weighted sensationally in this yeah. race as well. Um he's a bit of a nutcase though. Yeah. Like that's that was his second win in ten starts and he might have won on debut, maybe. Um so that second win's been a been a minute, but he has form around the best named horse in Australia, Buenos Notches. Buenos <laughs> Notches. Um but I thought you could put Sebenak number one into your Ned's same race multis. He has been pretty slow up until his last run, but I've got I've got a feeling about the Hawks stable. I reckon they're really starting to get into their work with these uh, good tracks coming back. They have been quiet. They have. Late. They have, but they've got Remark back, and that's who this boy ran behind as well. So I'm happy to have a spec at him at $17, but maybe might even have a trifecta with Spacewalk, Rich Fortune, and then Seven Acre into into third. Um, the Caulfield Autumn Classic. Run at Sandown. 1,800 metres, group two for the three-year-olds. Oh, I was with Pericles last start. I'm going to stick with him here, mate. Mm. Um, you're, not, you're not getting a good price to find out, but no, he's, he's my on top of here. Yep. Him, Mr. Maestro, and if you want one, different form um, was Yas... Yasuki? Yasuki. Yasuki. Tipping Jai McMill to have Yasuki. a day out Yeah, shit. Uh, Just like we did on Derby Day a couple of years back, I don't think he wrote a winner. No. <laughs> Come on, Jai. Come on, Jai. Don't have a cry. <laughs> um, so this Colt got out to 1,600 last start. I don't think he appreciates being on the inside of horses. He's drawn wide here, which I don't mind, and – not entirely sure he loves. I think he'll be better on a good track as well. 16 bucks, chuck him into everything. He could be the progressive one on the up. Now, this was the this was the toughest race of the day for me. The Peter Young, 1,800 metres, group two, wait for age, for the older ponies. Are yeah. you, I'm risking the Melbourne Cup horses, Gold Trip, Emissary, and New Marion. I, I'm only having a small play in this race, and that's on the most interesting runner. Yes. In the race. In the country. In the country. And that's number six, Il Paradiso. I backed him uh, in the 2019 Melbourne Cup, mate, where he ran third and he probably should have won. Mm-hmm. And he was a Northern Hemisphere three-year-old then, mate. Mm. And he's now a seven-year-old gelding. I, th- I, th- I think he had his nuts um, mm. in the Melbourne Cup race. He has been in so much bad luck with injuries, 172 weeks off, mate. Look, if he wins, that'd be a miracle. But he's forty-one bucks with Neds. I have to find out because I, I th- oh, that replay of that Melbourne Cup just honestly burned me, burned me for weeks afterwards. Il Paradiso, because I, I swear he should have won. Frankie Dettori had other ideas. Um, yeah, mate. So it's his tenth start. He's a seven-year-old gelding. How's that? Crazy, 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 man. Yeah. No compromise for me. $9, I think, is overs. Um, he was super first up. He was, wasn't he? Banjo, and that form has been franked with Banjo running second to the king. King Frankel last week. That is all she wrote in Sandown. We're back to race three at Royal Ramwick. The Skyline Group 2 for the Colts and Geldings, two-year-olds. Some different form lines coming through here, but I know the one that you're going to have on top. Which one do you think? Shinzu. Of course it is. How Shinzo. did you know that? Shinzo. How did you know that? <laughs> it's got you written all over. Cornwall, Waller, J-Mac, three bucks. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, Shinzo on top. They've got a very high opinion of the horse. Um, Chris Wall is not a typical two-year-old trainer type, is he? No. He's more of a three-year-old type. But, um, no, they, they rate this horse highly, so Shinzo for me. Yep. Having a few Ned's uh, same race multis this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. Uh, Chuck, number seven. If you thought Barber and uh, – what was the one that won last week? Anyway, this is the biggest nutcase two-year-old in Australia. Have a look at this thing run. Number seven, make a call. Doesn't want to, by, <laughs> doesn't doesn't want to, want to be, be there by all counts. Doesn't want to be there. But he's still running pretty bloody well. Um, 1,300 down to 1,200. I thought that was interesting. Um, Snowden Camp, Clipperton on board. He's like their main rider these days. Mm. Sure. I'll find out at $21. I'll put him in to a Quinella with Shinzo. Um, and shout out to Nathan Doyle with, with uh, Rush Hour, the top eight. Um, race five on the program is the guy Walter. Group two for the four-year-old mares. <clears throat> Best of the day for me here. Number three, hope in your heart. Cracking bet this, especially if Espiona just goes down south. So she'll probably start around that three bucks. This form is red hot. Old flame format. Old flame, Riadini, I wish I win, fangirl, come on. Yeah. Back to her own sex here. That's the big thing. I think 100%. She, yeah, I think she's going to win and win well. Yeah, if Espiona does go down south, you're not going to get four bucks with Neds. Um, yeah, she's the on, on toppy for me as well. Um, there's a big watch on a couple of horses in this race. Um, Dynasties is a watch. Yearning's a watch. Um, they're at double figures, but no, nah, I'm hoping you're hot for me too. Yeah, agreed. I think this might be the last one. The Sweet Embrace. Grew two, year old, uh, grew two for the two-year-old fillies. I had no firm opinions here. I thought this was far too hard. Um, I, I'm, I'm all over Scott the Law. This is the biggest watch for me on the weekend. Um, back during the Magic Millions, uh, I think she's one of the smartest two-year-olds we have. If she wins this race, she will trim up um, for the Golden Slipper in a few weeks' time. Every, every race she's been in, she's just put the field away comfortably, mate. Uh, and that just shows me that she's a smart two-year-old. I think she measures up with the best we have. So, um, yeah, really keen to see how she goes. Drawn gate nine, I'm not concerned about that. Um, yeah, really, really keen. Put away Platinum, Platinum Jubilee in the Magic Millions. Platinum Jubilee is running, running ahead half a length to um, Cylinder on the weekend. So, yeah. 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 Love a Queensland Philly, mate, that's coming down and just raiding the Southern States for all their yeah. prize money, mate. Could be a weekend out for Tony. It could be a weekend out for Tony. I'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Live stream this Saturday, 2 p.m. AEST, Brisbane time. Bradley's going to join us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss it. It'll be all across our socials. We've given out a hell of a lot of tips there. So if you're having a bet, do it with Neds, but do it responsibly. 100%. Like you said, moving day. The train is leaving the station. Choo-choo. Get on board. Let's. Good luck, drifters. Go. Let's go, actually. Let's actually go.